Coming down the aisle, it's Wrestlepedia with your host, the savant of the squared circle, the Ray Man of Wrestling, it's Brody, the Insane Brain Herman. Welcome back again to Wrestlepedia with Brody, the Insane Brain Herman, the savant of the squared circle, the Rain Man of Wrestling. I, of course, am the dad. Uh, for those of you who have never joined us before, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or to the channel. And let me introduce you to Brody. Brody is 18, and he is literally a wrestling savant. Uh, this is an area of interest that he developed when he was in diapers and has basically spent a lifetime, in addition to doing very well in his schoolwork, uh, absorbing every little fact and detail about the history of professional wrestling. Is that accurate? Yes. Familiar with every wrestler? Yes. Every match? Yes. Every promoter, every booker, yeah. every rivalry, yeah. every move. Yeah. This is a lot of fun to watch, folks. He doesn't use notes. He has no yeah. notes around him. His knowledge is encyclopedic. Yeah. He has a photographic memory, yeah. an audiographic memory. If he's seen it, if he's heard it, it's in there, and he can yeah. usually bring it up pretty easily. It's, it's pretty impressive to watch. Yeah. For the first season of this podcast... We've been putting together ranking shows, uh, shows that are counting down the top five in a variety of really fun categories, things that you don't see on a lot of other yeah. podcasts. When we get to a second season, we're going to get really deep into the weeds. This is a podcast for people who enjoy wrestling, enjoy the history of it, enjoy the debates of it, and aren't just looking for a recap of last week's events. This is a little bit more in historical. Death. Yes. Yes. So, without any further ado, this week's topic, and I think this is going to be a fun one, are the top five double crosses slash screw jobs, screw jobs in the history of wrestling. And, and just so I know, because I'm not as smart about okay. the stuff as Brody is, explain to me, what do you mean when you talk about a double cross or a screw job? Okay, so a double cross or a screw job, the promoter wants the wrestler to drop a title and the wrestler is refusing to do business. So the challenger that they're facing or fellow promoter, um, they tell them to do something in the match that don't tell the other wrestler you're going to do it, but just do it. And then, then the referees are smartened up to count three. So that wrestler wins the title and not have the wrestler leave my promotion with my title. So, so, so basically, this is a situation where one wrestler kind of refuses to do yeah. what they've been asked to do. Yeah. And to make the outcome happen, yeah. they have to pull a fast one yes. with the other wrestler. Absolutely. Okay, I understand now what we're talking about. So we're going to count down from number five to number one, and let's jump right into it. What is the number five double cross slash screw job in the history of professional wrestling? This is number five. It's actually between promoters, NWA president Dennis Corluzzo and ECW, uh, leader Paul Heyman. It was in 1994 and they had an NWA tournament to crown a champion. And the plan was to crown Shane Douglas a champion, but which but which champion under which banner. This relationship was soon going to end and it was going to cause ECW to split off from the NWA and basically lead to the downfall of the NWA. But when Shane wins the title, he takes the NWA belt, he throws it in the garbage can, it's the ECW championship, and the promoter screws over. Because ECW wanted to be separate from NWA. They didn't want to be a part of the NWA. So, of course... When Heyman tells Douglas to trash the NWA title to and then use our ECW title to officially separate ourselves from the NWA. We do not want this relationship anymore. 
and by doing that caused he didn't smart Den, Dennis Corluzzo up to this. It was Paul Heyman telling Douglas to do this. Okay, more. so would you say that this was a screw job orchestrated by Paul Heyman? Yes. And the reason he did it was not to pull a title away from somebody, but to basically kind of crap on one type of title. Yeah. And, and put and over his other title. His other title. Right. And so by having his guy throw that belt in the trash yes. was really his attempt to uh, show dominance in yes. one league over the other. Yes. And and did it work? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, ECW ended up being great, and NWA, you know, they have NWA Power now as their show, and Billy Corgan took it over. But, you know, yeah, it hurt Dennis Corluzzo's business. I actually ended up having N Dennis Corluzzo be relieving of president of the NWA. Was there any that. revenge? There was no, I mean, Dennis Corluzzo was out of president of the NWA. There was no revenge. ECW didn't want to be a part of it anymore, and that's kind and that of the end. It. That was the end. All right, well, let's get to number four on the list. That one uh, was obviously... Uh, on a huge scale, yeah. what is number four in your list? It's particularly with women. Uh, Randy, Wendy Richter won the women's title, WWE Women's Title 1985, first WrestleMania. And, of course, her contract was and her contract was expiring. Vince had a feeling she's leaving the WWE to go elsewhere. But she wouldn't drop the title. So, on November 25th, it was going to be Wendy Richter versus the Spider Lady for the women's title. And under the mask of the Spider Lady was Fabulous Moolah, one of the most over female wrestlers of all time, winning multiple titles. I remember the Fabulous Moolah. She was her, the first female wrestler I was ever familiar with. Yeah, put her under a mask, and we're going to have a match, and you're going to pin Wendy Richter, and, and the referee's going to count three, and you're going to reveal yourself to be Fabulous Moolah after you take your mask off after the match. Wendy Richter doesn't know this, obviously. And, of course, the match happens, and that's exactly what went over. Uh, Spider Lady takes off her mask after beating... Wendy Richter, she wins the title, runs out of the garden with the title, and Wendy Richter is no longer the women's champion. Well, I mean, don't you think, in all fairness, if if Wendy Richter was going to leave the WWE, yeah. you, you you know, you can't just leave with your title. Correct. I mean, I think you when you're a champion, I think yeah. you have an obligation to defend your yeah. title uh, until somebody uh, beats you. Yeah. And I guess in this situation, she was trying to have her cake and eat it, too. Yeah. And uh, they weren't having it. No. And uh, I love that they put the fabulous moolah. I love that they put her in a costume so yeah. that she didn't know. Yeah. That's great. That's great planning. That's a lot of fun for the fans. Right. And I'm glad that you've included some of those matches in, yeah. your, in your rankings. Sure. Let's move to number three. What do you have here, for number here we three? Go. And our most despised figure, Vince Russo. You can hear that in another episode. This is a screw job orchestrated by Vince Russo. So. Bash at the Beach, WCW's in the tank in Bash at the Beach 2000. And Brad Siegel was the president of TNT at this time. And Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo were working together. And Eric Bischoff, they had Hulk Hogan and Jeff Jarrett. Vince Russo wanted Jeff Jarrett to be made a better. Nobody else was having it. And Jeff had to do the job for Hogan. Well, he doesn't have the... He goes the match. Obviously, Hogan beats Jarrett. And Vince Russo tells Jeff Jarrett to lay on the mat and have just Hogan beat you. Hogan beats and wins the WCW Heavyweight Championship. That's supposed to happen, right? He's supposed to win it, go to Halloween Havoc. But Hogan leaves the pay-per-view and goes on a plane. And Vince Russo did not want Hulk Hogan to have that title. So they got a new championship and has and goes out there, cuts a promo and says it's going to be Booker T and Jeff Jarrett. Booker T beats Jeff Jarrett to win the title. Hogan's on a plane back and Hogan thinks, well, I'm the champion. Well, no, not according to Vince Russo. Vince Russo put the belt on Booker T. So they had two champions at once. But I guess, you know, Hogan Hogan left WCW after Bash of the Beach 2000. I guess maybe Vince Russo sensed he was leaving. 
and did not want him to carry the title with him. So he did business by screwing Hulk Hogan out of the title and putting the belt on Booker T. And that was not supposed to happen. Now, I don't understand. So Hogan was the champion. Yeah. So how did the Booker T match with Jeff Jarrett? How did that become a title match if neither because, one of them Because had the title? Eric Bischoff, Brad Siegel, and Hulk Hogan had went on a plane left and Vince Russo went to business for himself. So basically, uh, he just declared it. He yeah, said, he's just like, we're going to have, have a new champion, new and champ- it's going to be one yeah. of these guys, and he made it Booker T. Yes. And Hogan all of a sudden wakes up to find out, I'm not champion anymore. Well, they're both what champion. Happened? They're both champions, and Hogan ended up actually leaving WCW. All right, there you have it. Uh, number two on the list of the all-time... Double cross slash screw jobs in the history of it's professional wrestling. the most wrestling. famous wrestling screw job ever. The Montreal screw job between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Survivor Series 1997 in Montreal. Bret Hart is a it beat Undertaker at Survivor Series at SummerSlam in 1997. He turns back babyface after reluctantly being a heel. And he's going to WCW. And he does not want to drop the title to Sean. He'll drop the title to Shamrock. He'll drop the title to anybody. He'll lose the title in Detroit. I just but don't he want does to... not want to lose it to Sean. He doesn't want to lose it to Sean. They had problems. And he does not want to lose it in Canada. He doesn't want to lose it in his home country. Because he was a Canadian hero. He's the most over wrestler there. Well, Vince wasn't having it. Vince tried everything to try to get Brett to drop the title. And Jim Cornette suggested to do a screw job base that copied off of, we'll talk about number one. We're going to do this finish. Jim Cornette suggested to Vince McMahon that we, you know, many people take credit, but I think it's Jim Cornette. Vince Russo will also take credit for doing it, but it was Jim Cornette, really. And Bret Hart, they, Bret put Sean in the sharpshooter, and um, that when Sean goes to try to grab Bret's leg, no, no, Sean puts Bret in the sharpshooter, and when Bret is is grabs Sean's leg to reverse, it looks like Brett's tapping out and Earl Hebner rings the bell and Sean wins the title without Brett knowing it, runs out of the garden, and Brett loses. Just Brett doesn't want to do business. Well, that's so, exactly so what So that happened. is a screw job. So what you're saying is if I'm picturing this correctly, and I'm sure you yeah. can watch this on YouTube. Yes. So Bret Hart doesn't want to lose, especially no. not in Canada. Exactly. So uh, Sean Michaels yes. has him in a uh, what would normally be a finishing he, Yeah, move. for him. For, for him. Brett. But Brett is about to do a reversal, yes. and in the process of doing it, makes a gesture with his hand that the referee intentionally interprets as a tap, as a tap out. Yes. And he declares Sean yes. the, the, the champion. Brett must have been going insane. Yeah, Brett went ballistic. He destroyed the set. He wrote WCW like that with his finger, and he ended up going to WCW and then screwed Brett out of the title, or whatever you want to believe. But that's, that's the ultimate Montreal screw job of all time. Okay, and that takes us to number one on the list. And before we get to number one, I want to remind everybody, if you have ones that you feel like we've left out or you disagree with the order, uh, put it in the comments or send an email to Brody at Brody at TheInsaneBrain.com. And uh, sometimes you can change his mind. He's yeah. not, uh, he's not uh, in concrete. Uh, if you can put make a good case, uh, he'll change the rankings. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's hear the number one on your list of the greatest Double cross slash screw jobs in the history of professional well, this wrestling. This is where the term came from in 1931. Uh, it came in 1931. Wow. Um, now we're going back. back. Now we're going way back. Uh, it was between a match between Ed Strangler Lewis and Henri de Blonde. And at that time, Ed Strangler Lewis refused to drop the title way, way back in the day. And they told Henri de Blonde that you're, you're going to bite your armpit and you're going to go out and you're going to cover it up. And you're going to start the match and you're going to break up and you're going to show the referee that 
Ed Strangler Lewis bit you, it's going to be a disqualification and you're going to win the title. Normally, you don't win the title on disqualification or count on. Ah, that's where they add in the stipulation. You can win the title on disqualification or count on. And Strangler Lewis isn't going to tap out. He's not going to take a pinfall. So they have to do some way of trying to get the belt off of him because he's going to a, a, another promotion, I believe, in Europe. And they did, he's not going to do business. We have to do business for ourselves. And we have to disqualify him and add that stipulation and win the match. And he loses the belt. And that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, that's amazing. I don't know how you would even find out about something like that. But I think that just shows you, too, what a long tradition there is in professional right. wrestling for really trying to orchestrate a storyline. Because that's what it is. Right. I mean, it is a crafted storyline that is yeah. very physical and, and, and a lot of fun. And it's over the top and it's campy. But it's been that way for over, you know, close to 100 years. Yeah, over 100 years. You know, in 1931. So just so I understand it correctly, what he basically did was he bit himself. Yes. Under the arm. And, and, and hid And hid the wound. Yes. And then during the match, he probably yes. put the guy in a headlock. Yes. Flinched like something had yes. happened to him. And then said to the, to the, to yes. the ref, look what happened. He, yes. bit, he bit my arm. Yes. The ref saw it, called the match, and it was over. Yes, and the did, title changed hands. Other, is this a match that could be viewed somewhere? Um, was I, it I recorded? Believe, I believe it was not recorded at the time, but it's a, one of the most famous matches of the 1930s, and nobody expected it because he, everyone kind of figured that he wouldn't drop it. And how it, the, the real question is, in almost any double cross or screw job, how do we get this guy to drop it before he leaves the promotion? And when they don't want to do business, we got to find a way to get you to do business. It just shows in wrestling... When you have to do a job or take a loss, please actually take the loss because they will. Although, promoters. although, isn't there some possibility that the entire thing is part of how it's choreographed? That you know the idea of the double cross. Maybe they're all in on it together. I'm sure there is. There are conspiracy theories that theorists that would say we're all in it together. This is a real thing, but. Obviously, it's probably real, knowing on the sense of the extensive lengths that they have to go to screw the other wrestler and they, and off. It's probably a real thing, but who knows? Many conspiracy I mean, theorists it, think it's not a shoot. Well, I mean, it's like it's like having it's probably uh, like a surprise party where yeah. it's more fun planning those yeah. than even in even having them. Yeah. But uh, anyway, a fascinating topic. Yes. And this is the kind of thing we want to do on this podcast. Is, is again, we don't want to just look at. At, at one match from last week and, and analyze it. We want to we wanna dig deep. We want to get into the weeds and the history of this sport and and really look at, at uh, different eras yeah. and, uh, and, and teach a little something, learn a little something. Uh, you, Brody, you're, the depth of knowledge that you have on this is really something to behold. If anybody wants to contact us, you can leave a comment. I would urge everybody to subscribe to the podcast and to the YouTube channel. And uh, if you uh, want to email Brody, once again, his email address is brody at theinsanebrain.com. And thank you very much for tuning in. Yep.